Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Straight Talk Radio, where we discuss business, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Donya Keating, live from the Seattle area at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on July 31st. Listeners, if you're up for on-air participation, you can dial 646-378-0261 or send us questions and comments on the chat feature. Now, this is our first show in the Dreamweaver series about entrepreneurs who've taken the bold step of starting their own business. And Sharice Gordon of Toast is today's guest. She's out there. Uh, She's a founder and CEO of a nationally-based mobile bartending company located in Chicago. Welcome, Sharice. Thank you. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Great to have you on. So let's uh, learn a little bit about who you are. Tell us about yourself and what some of the highlights are. Okay, well, um, I'm 33. Um, name is Sharice Gordon. I was born in Chicago, and then I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And from there, I moved to Atlanta, where I attended Clark Atlanta University, and I studied, studied public relations. And now I'm back in Chicago trying to make something awesome happen with Toast and become an awesome entrepreneur. Absolutely. And you were with J.P. Morgan Chase for a while, correct? Absolutely, I was. I was with them for six years. So how long have you wanted to do something like Toast, and what, what led you to finally burn your ships and just give it a go? Well, actually, um, I would say I've been trying to do toast for, well, the thought came about maybe about four years ago, and it actually happened while I was working of, at Chase. One of my customers, who was a bartender, came in, and he used to have large amounts of money. <laughs> and he was always ecstatic, just a happy guy. He only worked maybe four days a week. And I said, you know, I need to make some extra money. And... um you know, I kept thinking about it. I had done bartending before. And my mother, in the same time, she was doing investment banking, and her firm would do a lot of large parties, and she knew a lot of people that would do large parties. So I said, well, maybe I can just be, you know, exclusive bartender for big events. And that's when I started thinking of toast because, it, I mean, the idea just grew just from that moment. And so obviously toast, you know, the name is toasting to or celebrating or whatever. So that's kind of how you came up with that, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, Me and my mother, we always love to do a toast for any event that we're at, even if it's just us two together. So that's kind of how, you know, that came about. I always think of toasting when I have a drink for a special occasion or something of the sort. So, you know, what should we know about your business? I mean, what sort of events have you done? How do you how do you go set up when you're ready to do a show? Well, um, Toast is a mobile bartending company or 
what some may call it a cocktail caterer. Um, I've done birthday parties. I've even done repasses. I've done a celebrity birthday party. I've done house parties, housewarming, all types of events, um, even product showcase um, events when someone wants to come out with something new, fashion shows. And, you know, I've met a lot of people probably online or word of mouth, and, you know, I kind of get a feel for the event. Once I get a feel for the event and what's going on, then we can talk more about my actual client. And then I cater specifically to my client and their event. And that's how I kind of set up and have and make and see how Toast can help that client. Okay, so I mean, really, it's, it's a you basically what I'm hearing is you decide what types of drinks you're going to serve, even based upon that event and the feel for the event. And then I guess do you do some type of color schemes or decorations, or do you wear costumes, or I mean, how does that work? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Pretty much, that's what it is. I, I, um, I kind of, I see, I see what kind of event it is. It can be, like I said, a Saint, maybe a St. Patrick's Day party, and then I offer several options. There are some people who just want an open bar, but I always try to push a signature cocktail because to me that leaves a, a lasting impression, and it allows us to make an impression as well. Um, and I start with a theme. Then I, I I go with a, maybe a color or a favorite fruit or a favorite spirit or a favorite flavor. And from there, I give my clients several options, you know, what, what they may want. And then sometimes I try to expose them to something new. I say, just leave it to me, and I'll, I'll make sure it's something that you love. A lot of times, but a lot of times I definitely try to see what it is they, they know for sure that they don't want. And then I try to at least go in the direction of something they love, like say they love blueberries. And I try to mm-hmm. expound on that and make it something awesome and something creative and exciting. And so many people are excited to find out what their signature cocktail is going to be or to premiere it at their event. It's an awesome touch to any party, any event, any, anything going on. It's just awesome. It's more personal. That's awesome. Okay, so what really stokes me about your business is that it's part of the farm-to-table movement, or in your case, it's farm-to-cocktail or farm-to-glass. Uh, and so it, it kind of puts you beyond that, you know, what we typically think of when we hear mobile bartending. It's much more. It's really a craft, and it's mixology. You're using organic ingredients, uh, oftentimes made from scratch, and in many cases, you're featuring local farm fresh ingredients. Can you give us an example of this process when you're making something and uh, tell us about some of your popular drinks? Absolutely, yes. I um that's that's a perfect description, farm to glass. And I learned more about that when I started taking mixology courses. There's a huge difference in the way your cocktail tastes when you use fresh ingredients. So I mm-hmm. love to try different things. I love to go to um farmers markets or just uh those markets that are that feature organic and fresh and different types of fruit. Uh, I just mm-hmm. recently tried something with the dragon fruit. One of my customers wanted me to create a cocktail using the dragon fruit. And it was just, it was so much fun. And I, I, could, I start with any kind of fruit, usually something different. I, I would like to do different things, and the dragon fruit was different. And uh, sometimes what I'll do is I'll make a syrup out of it. I use a lot of, um, you know, uh, organic sweeteners like agave. 
or mm-hmm. um, other kinds of organic sugars. And I start there. I like using even alkaline water when I make my syrups. And it just creates something really great. It, that way, it, it, it alters the taste also. The first drink I tried where I noticed the impact on fresh ingredients, and I loved it, um, it was actually a margarita. I went to a bar hmm. and, yeah, something so simple. And he exactly. just ordered a margarita. I'm not even in the tequila. But... The margarita was so good. I said, what is, what, what is your recipe? What is in this? And the thing that stood out was the fresh lime juice. And I said, oh, wow, this is the difference. And from then on, I try to make sure all of my cocktails have fresh ingredients, or I definitely push it. There's Actually, there's no cocktails that I do without fresh ingredients. <laughs> um, and you know, cocktail, yeah, go ahead, no. But, Go ahead. No, we're listening. We're listening. Booze. (laughs) I was going to say, I recently did something for a young lady who, um, she has a company called Tolistas, where she caters to women 5, 10, and up. And she did uh, something in Akira, which is a huge department store. I love it. It was right on Michigan Avenue. And I came up with a few cocktails for her. Um, one was a raspberry, it, it contained a raspberry basil syrup, and another one with a mm. strawberry cucumber. Yeah, so, and you know what's surprising is a lot of people, they hear that and they don't get excited about it. They're like, ah, no, I don't think I'm going to like that. But I push it. I say, you know, it's, it's, just try it and let me know what you think. And I'm going to tell you, the raspberry basil one out. I use fresh raspberries, fresh basil. And I created a syrup from it, and we just topped it with some fresh uh, lemon juice and some champagne. Awesome. And that was gone. Sounds delicious to me. (laughs) I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to get you something. I've got to create something for you. I can't wait. And, you know, so the way you're describing this, I mean, this can take you days to prepare for something that, you know, a, a standard mobile bartender would just grab, I don't know, maybe some syrup and some pre-made stuff and then just go up and go with it. But you're prepping, like, days in advance from what I'm understanding here. You know what? That is always the idea. But for some reason, clients love to call me last minute. <laughs> they just love me. But, uh, no, but, you know, it, I will say that I will be up uh, first thing in the morning until – the next morning, prepping. So, yes, it does take a lot of time. But I prefer to prepare days in advance because that way it gives all the flavors a chance to marinate and blend and just come together very well. And But, yes, it takes a lot of time. Um, I like to have time to think and create on drinks also and just try different things before I actually put it out there because there could be some things that, do, that don't come out so successful. So I like to try that before I just push it out there. But... Um, Yes, it's a lot of time, a lot of work, but I love every second of it, and that makes the difference. So when I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning still bottling things or still cooking and creating a syrup, I I don't get upset. I still love it. Well, I hope you all heard that. 4 o'clock in the morning, so you you definitely treat your bartender or your mixologist well. And you you brought up something that, you know, goes into the next phase of our conversation. You talked about how sometimes you're called at the last minute. So what are some of the biggest lessons learned, um, not just about your business, but human dynamics that you've experienced Mm -hmm. on your path to success? Wow. Um, 
how can I keep that short? It's so it's so <laughs> long. I learn something new every day. But um, one of the biggest things that I'm learning and it matters most to me is is to have people around you that believe in you and your vision. And mm-hmm. not, and sometimes people that believe in it more than you because in this mm, this journey of entrepreneurship and just life, you're just gonna you're gonna have moments that definitely will steer you away from your vision, your goal, your passion. And there are going to be hard times where you don't even believe in yourself um, and you lose focus. So when you have people around you that build you up and that believe in you and believe in what you're doing so much so that those moments revive you, you're going to need that. You know, you're going to need those moments where you're revived and you're refreshed and you're renewed because it's it's, it's difficult when you're doing it on your own, you know. And um, I would say that's, that's, my, that's my number one thing. Um, another thing I would say is to trust in the process. You know, mm-hmm. things don't always go as planned, but sometimes you have to focus on the big picture and just trust in the process. I understand that there's a reason behind every method, good or bad, and it's a lesson in it, and, and, and just keep going forward. I so mean, if someone's sitting there, <laughs> you know, so if someone's mm-hmm. sitting there and they've got an idea and they want to do it, I mean, I, you gave it quite a bit of thought, and you did some due diligence, and you went out there and you formed your company. And, and so, what are some of those things that you would say to a person? You know, should they jump in with both feet when you know they're feeling hot about it, or should they just kind of let their jets cool a little bit so that they can, you know, have some left brain, right brain stuff going on there? What 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 worked best for you? Honestly, what worked best for me was jumping right in it. Um, you have to know yourself, and I can overthink things and procrastinate a situation. So for me, it was the best thing ever to jump in. And sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I should have waited. I should have studied more. I should have saved more money. I should have done this or should have done that. But that jumping into it was, was what's best, what was best for me. Um, I believe everyone's situation is different, so I can't say jump in. I have quite a few friends who... who bit the bullet and jumped right into entrepreneurship and um and it's the most exhilarating feeling for them and no regrets. Then I have a couple of friends who are a little scared to, you know, just um step out on it because they may have children, you know, or things of the sort. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say analyze your situation, but definitely for me and and I recommend it actually, but I, you know, like I said again, everybody's situation is different. But jumping in it, I think that's the best thing ever. There, there's some things you just can't properly prepare for. Just like they say, motherhood. You know, there, it can you can never really be prepared enough for it. You know. So give me an example of something that, you know, in your business right now that you're doing that you, you had everything lined up, you're ready to go, you got this gig, and something unexpected happened. And, and you know, how, did you, how did you deal with it? Well, um, you know, sacrifice is big when you're doing, when you're doing this. Um, this is what's important in my life right now, so everything else is on the back burner. What I have to do sometimes, I, I again, keep focus on the big picture. Sometimes I have to stop and I have to meditate. Or I have to just, you know, have a moment of silence and put things in perspective 
and and just take the first step from there. You know, staying being stagnant doesn't get anything done. So mm-hmm. regardless of what's going on, I still have to stay focused on the big picture. And I know that if I don't focus on toast and my business, then nothing else in the world goes right for me because this is my number one focus and my number one goal above anything and all things. So I put everything else on the back burner. So here's a statement. Sometimes it isn't until we strive for our highest goals that we learn who's really in our corner or not. Any comments mm-hmm. about that? Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, again, I, I'm going to use that word sacrifice again. Um, you sacrifice so many things. You sacrifice relationships. You sacrifice other goals. Um, and you sacrifice yourself a lot. Uh, and when you're doing that, you need people that you can trust. Um, you hmm. need them to kind of come for it. You're going you're gonna to lose a lot, a lot of people. Not many people are going to believe in your process. They're not going to understand it, and they're not going to support it. And it's a hard lesson, and it's a, it's a, it, it just doesn't feel good. It, it's an eye-opening experience. But the thing is, is that it's an experience that you have to go through. It, it means so much when you, you know, when the people who are really in your corner, when they stand up and they support you, and you definitely are going to need the support, definitely. I had lots of people do, you know, unethical things, but my my the people that support me and that are my strength, they stood up much taller than anything else that was going on. You know, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the lessons. You know that you bring up some really good points, and it it's true. I, there are a lot of different reasons why, for what you know, people don't support you when you start out, and you and sometimes it's the people that you thought would be in your corner the most. And you know, sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's envy, uh, sometimes it's just you know their inability to understand what's involved and what what's possible. And, you know, anyone that's striking out on your own, you have to have a firm vision about what you want, and you have to know yourself, uh, and you have to be very resourceful uh, and and resilient, and you have to go out there and find the information to move yourself forward, sometimes no matter who's there to support you, and that, especially if you want it badly enough. Very true, very true. I, um, I, I've done that. I, I went and I, 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 um, I searched out a mentor. You know, someone I'd never met before, and he's been a great blessing in my life, and and other people in the industry, and I've I become resourceful. You know, I've joined bartender uh, bartending associations. There's the USBG. I take several classes. You know, you you really do. You have to go ahead and sometimes be your own support, and you have to be resourceful. You know. So you you brought up some more advice. I mean, if you're out there. Uh, you, you got to go look for the seminars. You look for the classes. You look for the mentors. Uh, you read books. You you do webinars. You do whatever it is you have to do to understand the best practices for your industry so that you're competitive. And if you can find something that puts you a little bit over the top, which is what you've decided with your farm to cocktail and farm to glass, you know, uh, choice, then you know all the better. So yeah. if you had a chance to start all over again. You have a magic wand. There's no limitations. Money is no object. What would you do differently, if anything? If money was no object, what would I do differently? Um, 
you know, I, I, I go back and forth with that because sometimes I say I wouldn't do it over because my process is my process, and no matter what, you're going to, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. There are going to be unexpected things that come about. But if I had a magic wand, I think if, more than anything, I probably would educate myself on the business side a little bit better and study study a little bit more about entrepreneurship, talk to a few more people to see some of the experiences they had, some of the lessons that I should look forward to, some of the things I maybe should avoid. And, you know, just, um, but I don't know. Like I said, again, I, I kind of feel like a lot of these things are leading to something so much bigger. So I can't always say that I would do it over, you know. It's, it, it's making right. for a great story for, you know, my um, my premiere on television from Rags to Riches or something <laughs> of the sort. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, if you, you know, if you, if you look at it metaphysically, I mean, and I don't know who, you know, there's some people that that you know are really into that, and I'm kind of on that of that mind, where everything leads you to something, uh, and if you get the lesson out of that, then it's been a good exercise. Um, on the other hand, if you're someone that doesn't have enough money or resources, or you're in a, a very short time frame or a timeline where you're trying to get something done, that could, you you don't roll with the changes as as well as someone like you, who's obviously well adjusted, has done. Um, but you know, I started. Now, let me ask you a question about your business because it's national. I mean, you'll go anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, and I just actually just started um, to go drinks, and I'm trying to expand in in that way as well. Um, I'm trying to make sure I reach every end of the spectrum as far as I can go. And I have a friend who's getting married soon, and we're discussing me coming to our wedding. She'll and she'll be. Um, she'll be getting married in Jamaica. So, okay. I mean, what better opportunity than to go out in Jamaica and create some awesome cocktails for her memorable event? Yes, I would love to. And, and so, of course, I mean, I don't know if you've actually started to prepare for that or not or whatever, but you brought up something really great. I mean, when you're talking about the um, bartending business and actually even just the, the business of alcohol, in terms of mm-hmm. what can go across state lines, what can go outside of the area or the country. I mean, all of those things that you have to actually coordinate logistics for for your business in order to be able to thrive. I mean, that's quite a few uh, irons to have in the fire, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh, yes, definitely. You definitely have to educate yourself on the laws um, concerning the business. A lot of times, though, what I'll do is, um, you know, I'll just consult with with the state boards and the liquor commissions before I, you know, before I commit to anything. But I leave, I, I well, or what I'll do is I'll contact the um, popular liquor consumer down there or a store that mm-hmm. provides liquor, you know, they're very popular, and I'll match the prices and I'll see what I can make happen there instead of worrying about the extra laws of traveling with liquor and things of the sort. I'll rent a lot of equipment. That's what me and um, my client are discussing now, how we're going to get the liquor there and provide everything. So, yeah, I'll do the shopping there instead. That's what I would prefer to do, you know. There's a lot of red tape that you have to go around. Absolutely, and that's great, you know, to be able to have that with each contract. I mean, that's really, I really love that part about the contractor or the freelance or whatever you want to call it, that type of relationship, because it really just depends upon that person and what they want, and the sky's the limit. 
Speaking of which, uh, you have some other things that you're doing um, with your business, and it's it's sort of going mobile in a different way, where you're actually coming up with product lines or something. Product lines? You mean as you mean the to-go bottles? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm 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 trying to create something where. Um, It'll be a little more mobile, um, a little more personalized, and you know, less expensive. I mean, more um, more. Uh, what's this word I'm looking for? I'm sorry. Easier on the consumer's pockets. Maybe that's what I mm-hmm. say. A little more affordable. Um, and what I've been doing is I've just been creating a few cocktails and I bottle them up, and people have their choice of cocktails that they would like to try. Uh, I just recently did something for. Um, a client of mine, where I did a basket uh, of about 15 different flavors of to-go drinks, and mm. I had an awesome feedback, awesome, awesome, They're, because it gives you more of a selection also, you know, and, and and what it does is it allows people to try things that they've never tried before. Um, you know, there's people who, don't, who say they don't like gin, but I have a cocktail that you know, that people completely forget about the fact that it is gin. And I like that. I like that people are stepping out of, you know, their comfort zone or what have you, you know, and they're exploring the limits of their taste buds, you know. I I know sometimes I still hear about cocktails that are created, say, with jalapeno peppers, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, what? That can't be good. And it is one of the greatest cocktails ever. And I find myself you know, trying to create something like that, just things that push the limits a little bit and, you know, open up people's options and allow them to explore, you know. But, yes, it's a lot of fun. It's lots of fun. So give me me an example of some of the names. You know, you said 15 different drinks. I mean, my goodness. But, you know, we've talked (laughs) about the strawberry and and cucumber or the strawberry and basil. So give us some three or four or five other names of things that you're pulling together, your concoctions. Okay. Um, Well, I had something called a a paradise, which is made with a fresh uh, pear syrup. And I actually use cognac with that. I'm not a huge okay. cognac drinker, but um, once I learned how to mix it a lot better from my tasting, uh, it was an awesome thing. And actually, men even love it. Men, uh, I find that my male, my male clients are huge cognac drinkers. Um, I also have something called a blueberry. It's called blueberry fields, and it's made with fresh blueberries and gin and lavender and. St. Germain and Prosecco, and it's just an awesome blend. It's so good. Um, okay. And let me see, what was another a great one? I have, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of the names of it. Oh, there was the Pineapple Passion, and that was made with fresh pineapples and fresh passion fruit juice, and I made it into a margarita. It was awesome awesome blend. Okay. And people loved it. Yes. So do you want to take a moment to share your website or your Facebook page or ways of keeping track of what you're doing or even how to hire you? Absolutely. Um, My Facebook page is www.facebook.com and the URL is Toast Into Life, T-O-A-S-T-I-N, the number two, and Life, L-I-S-E. 
It's the mm-hmm. same for Twitter and, and, and Instagram, Toasting to Life. Again, that's T-O-A-S-T-I-N, the number two, life, L-I-F-E. My website is www.toastingtolife.com, and I can be contacted via phone as well um, at 855-TOAST-99. And I think I think I've, I've covered everything. I'm I'm there. I'm everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, very we, easy. Excellent. So this has been a great show. I want to thank Cherise Gordon and Toast and all of you for tuning in today. You can find this broadcast as a podcast at the site you're using right now or on Facebook at STR, the number eight, talk radio. This is your host, Onya Keating. Signing off at 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time on Thursday, July 31st. Oh, and a special happy 90th birthday to my grandmother, Mertis. And we'll see you next week. Same time, same station.